Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Won't back down. With Will Levinson, Jake Lehman, and Sam Potosa. Oh, hello again. It's been a while. It's been a long layoff and a lot has happened. Well, we have had a hiatus here on the Won't Back Down podcast. Hello, everyone. As always, I'm Sam Potosa, along with my friends, Jake Lehman and Big Will Levinson. And just like Lincoln Riley, I will not be the next football coach at LSU. That was... Went right down in my top five press conference lines of all time. Cold-blooded, diabolical. I like Lincoln Riley already uh, embracing the villain arc. Oh, yeah. He knew what he was doing. He knew the magnitude of what he was about to do. Yeah, he He knew exactly what he was doing. He was just leaving little breadcrumbs to see who could pick up on it. There were probably people in the deepest depths of Reddit who knew and were just like, oh, this troll. I, you know so the, there was I was I'm sorry I was on the Oklahoma message board after to look at it blow up the reactions and I was scrolling through a thread from the previous night about um, right after he said that and everyone was like yeah you know screw you Scott Woodward we're keeping our guy and then one commenter I think he was kidding but he said lol watch him announce tomorrow morning he's the USC coach and like the guy didn't think anything of it at the time. And then he's no Stradamus, Oklahoma Stradamus. Crazy. It, it is incredible. And what was so interesting was if you listen to either his press conference with the USC or the interview with Scott Van Pelt late Monday night, he said that he didn't even speak to anybody at USC or have any conversations about USC until late Saturday night, meaning after the press conference. That is a, a lie. It's a lie. It's a blatant lie. And on top of that, he lied to Scott Van Pelt. You yeah, don't lie to yeah, Scott Van Pelt. No, that's not cool. But in case you live under a rock and haven't been paying attention to college football since we last recorded, which, good grief, was the Thursday before the Missouri game. My goodness. We lost the Missouri game. Terrible. We lost in overtime when Missouri wow. went for two, and they won in overtime. The next day, Dan Mullen was fired. ESPN's Adam Rittenberg was the one with the first report. Big Will probably knew with his sources or something. I don't yes. know. But... Dan Mullen was fired. Steam quickly picked up that Florida was being linked to Louisiana's Billy Napier. If you're a big fan of the podcast, you will know that our very own Jake Lehman has been Billy Napier's biggest advocate for all along. And then what do you know? After the LSU Sunday, and Georgia games, it was full, Sunday, it was full Billy over about here. About an hour after we defeated Troy in basketball, they announced Billy Napier. As, no, it actually was mid-game. I just It was, was at really? halftime. I had left the arena to go watch the Dolphins 
play the Panthers. Oh, it was. You're right. Because you told me. And I had me. just left, and it happened, and I like screamed at the Oh, campus, yeah, because you and, and Zach Cohen told me you were telling people at the arena, and they didn't, no, they I, didn't I, care? No, I left. Like, I left, so oh, I was there. Okay. I screamed into the campus, and like no, and people Sorry, not like Cohen. around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so, yeah, so Zach no, Galpern. No, Zach Galpern and Brandon and Stewart, Stewart, our friends, said they, that they were they were yelling, and like people on campus, students honestly don't really know didn't really who he is until now. Didn't really know and it doesn't matter, because I think we hit a home run. Absolutely. And what was so interesting about the actual announcement by Pete Thamel, it's almost the same wording. Four years ago, at the exact Insanity. same time, 12.48, the Sunday after FSU, they announced, or Pete Thamel tweeted that Florida is targeting Dan Mullen as their next head coach. Same tweet, 12.48, Sunday after FSU, to Florida. Unbelievable. To the minute. Now, Pete Thamel, talk about a heat check. He is oh, hot. He is hot, yeah. He is I like Woj on draft night. Really when Woj like, and Shams go back and forth, I mean, Pete Thamel's just... He's taken over. He, he really, really you gotta get, get credit where credit is due. Yeah. He's been the he's been maybe the biggest winner of the coaching search. Yeah, McMurphy has just been non-existent. Yeah, wait, wait. No. he's been getting the second His report, and it's is, it's is it's slow. Ins- and it's a, the, when he tweeted that Brian Kelly thing Sunday or what was it Monday night Monday after Monday evening I I was beside my I wait didn't even, who broke the Kelly Pete thing Thamel, Pete Thamel it was Sam okay of yeah course, I yeah. know he broke the the Lincoln Pete thing Lincoln he broke I was Napier like, Lincoln I and do Kelly, take, all the big ones but yeah, I just yeah. want to rewind a little quick we don't have to spend too much time on it because the Wicked Witch is finally dead but. We didn't get a chance to record after the Dan Mullen firing. We yes. want to do a quick flashback before Thanksgiving. That was just the culmination of everything. It, it gave me hope because it showed that Scott Strickland isn't tone deaf, and he listens to the fan base. He watches the same games we do, and he saw that the bleed, if he just let the bleeding continue, it might have been too much. And I, I applaud him for making that move. He came out of hiding for the first time since all of the Cam Newbauer turmoil really begun, and he handled the situation very respectfully, and he got his guy. And I, for one, I'm extremely happy Dan Mullen's gone. I'm very upset with the way it all went down. But look, Florida has its guy. It's a new leaf. There's obviously the casuals out there that are going to compare our hire to Brian Kelly to LSU, especially since there's a report that Brian Kelly reached out about a Florida job. But we'll never know how serious about that he was. He just wanted a switch or something. But it makes sense for Florida for Billy Napier right now. It made sense for Florida to move on for Dan Mullen. It always sucks to fire a coach, but... For the good of the program, it was a move that had to be done. And look, the t- players clearly responded well to it because they won for Greg Knox at the FSU game on the following Saturday. It was a terrible football game. I left out of frustration at halftime. but <laughs> While we were winning? I was so mad. I I, I was I, – okay, well, I, that actually surprised me because I was – Thrilled at halftime because really? I uh, came into this game. Nah, I just, Greg Knox is our head coach. I had heard this team was not prepared to play this football game. I heard that it was one of the worst week of practices they've ever had, and I was expecting to get boat raced by an FSU team that was playing well of late. I was so amazed, so impressed, and so thrilled to see the genuine effort of those guys because yes. I know they wanted to win the Missouri game. I know they fought for Mullen that game. They wanted to win that uh, game. I'm not saying I'm mad but with the, the players might have fought for Mullen. Mullen didn't fight for shit exactly. in the Missouri game. Exactly. But it was very clear. He was coaching for buyout. Fighting. It was abundantly clear. They, they were, the whether game. they were fighting for Greg Knox, whether they were fighting for Dan Mullen, or like Brewster said, doesn't matter what they were fighting for. They <laughs> were fighting to beat their arch rival, FSU. And that's what they should have been fighting for in the first place because that was most important, was getting a win over FSU. And for many of those players, also getting a chance to play in a bowl game. Yes, and can we give credit to, um, I mean, a couple players, but Gene DeLance being one of them. My, number 56, the much maligned right tackle for 
um, you know, much of his UF career here. He got matched up with Jermaine Johnson, who just won ACC De- Defensive Player of the Year. Former Ironically, star. he absolutely shut him down. I mean, Jermaine Johnson was silent. He made one play. All right, but Delance, no, Delance no, 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 was no, 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 locked down. Brenton Cox, who actually just announced before we started recording. That he's coming back. Or, uh, not an official announcement from Cox himself, but reports that he's coming back for his senior year. He Four sacks, back. unbelievable. Damian Pierce, it goes without saying. Um, what a game for Damian. And Anthony, I mean, he's got to be the starter for the bowl game, yeah, right? No question. If no question. What I was getting to before Big Will cut me off to show off his sources Source. was Sauce. that it's okay. I'm not saying I'm upset with the outcome of the game. I just said I was upset at seeing Emory Jones through three interceptions. Another, I just didn't want to watch. It I anymore. thought it was pretty. Comical. I went home and I watched the second half on my couch. It was. Fair. I was. I dressed for the cold and it got a little warm. Yeah. So I, I went home and you know I was really happy to see the team fight in the second half. The onside kick was hilarious, but you know what? Next day Napier named our head coach. I look. Time will tell how this hire ends up. You know, we're going to lie our asses off. Oh, we're going to lie like hell. many months until ball is played. But it's for the program right now, we needed a hire like this because you can't go after an established guy who's going to come in and not want to build the program, want to keep the program the way it is and come in and install his system. You need to get a guy who's willing to build with the program. And with that comes patience from the fan base. And I hope, and even including myself, I need to remind myself of this in a little bit. We need to be patient with him. We need to let him build up the program because we are severely behind where we need to be. And this might be the guy to take us there. And it is so incredible when you think about Billy Napier, the way that he has just turned down other offers in the past. South Carolina, I think Mississippi State as well, maybe even Tennessee. He had opportunities turned to down be Auburn of all programs Auburn as well you're right that's a big he's one. had opportunities to be a head coach in the SEC and he waited for the right job because he is oh my goodness all in in every inch of his body and it is just so exciting to see the energy that he's going to bring to this program and it's gonna it's, it's not gonna be overnight it's gonna take time but he is gonna build this thing from the ground up and he's gonna build this thing the right way yep I've got a pl- clip to play from um, our episode after the Georgia game to expound on what you just said. One concern when you're talking about hiring, uh, my main concern when you're talking about, again, we're getting a little, we're getting very ahead of ourselves here, but talking about, you know, if Dan weren't here and we're, you know, looking to hire a guy who's all in, right, trying to build a program in the mold of a Nick Saban, you know, have a, you know, phenomenal, uh, Coaching staff with all, all a bunch of guys dedicated to recruiting, have a bunch of analysts, et cetera, et cetera. The main concern for me is that that kind of guy is going to want to go somewhere that where he has full full buy-in from his administration. And at a school like LSU right now, you have that. Do you even have that at Florida right now with our current administration in place? I don't know. Yeah, you I, see the numbers I, that we spend on recruiting, and it's I'm, not. I'm, like Scott Strickland in his press conference on Sunday after the Mullen firing was announced, it's no secret that I was talking about Billy Napier in that clip. And so was Strickland in, in the post-Mullen, uh, you know, firing press conference when, when he talked about, you know, um, you know how the administration was going to be fully behind the new coach, how it seems like we've almost have a, almost, um, you know, formed sort of a newfound commitment to building a national title football program. Maybe Georgia having a national championship caliber team was what, what it took for, for – um, you know, our university to, to fully buy back into football. But, you know, like, you know, that clip shows from our podcast a month ago, 
I th- part of why I think the Billy Napier hiring is a home run is not just because of who Billy Napier is, but what it says about you know wh- where Scott Strickland's head is. Right, and, it, and it, what's so fascinating and is so that I'm was, ecstatic. at least for him, we're going to start was recruiting. So encouraging it's to me uh, yeah. was was the fact that just yeah, you've been on the Billy Napier train for a while, and I hopped on too pretty recently, a couple like about a month ago. I started to learn the information about Billy and start to say, hey, this guy's definitely a great option. But for me, what was so wonderful was the fact that very clearly this was Scott Strickland's top option. This was the only guy that Strickland interviewed, the only guy that he met with. And yeah, I mean, who knows if it's true, but apparently Brian I, Kelly tried calling, you know. Right, it's, well, yeah, who knows with that. I don't know if that report's true. But also heard that Lane Kiffin actually inquired about the job. Oh, I, I actually believe we, uh, that. Lane, has been corroborated by multiple Lane, sources, yes, actually. Lane yeah, that, did that's want no this secret. job, but for, for Scott... Billy was always his top guy, and he met with Billy, saw, was so impressed with the plan and, and his, his preparedness to step into this job that he ended the search, that he, that, that, that it, he zeroed in on Billy Napier. And it, that is awesome. It's just awesome. And, and I think that for a long-term perspective, this is the type of guy that you want to build your program. He has... Nick Saban-esque qualities as far as the CEO is concerned from a college Right, college. it's not only the fact that he's a Nick Dave Saban disciple. There's but been plenty right. of plenty of guys who have flamed exactly. out from the Nick Jim Saban tree. Mackle, shark, a shark humper Wayne. Yeah, I mean. But obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. We should have known back way back when, when it took Scott Strickland until his third option to find his coach that clearly the commitment was not there. Clearly... This might not, Mullen might not have been his guy at the time, so the fact that he found his guy, he zeroed in him. And I was listening to Josh Pate the Friday before the FSU game on my drive back from Thanksgiving, and he said, "If you're Scott Strickland and Billy Napier's your guy, you go out and get him, and you don't even question it." And you know what? They went out, they got him. We don't know the numbers of the contract yet, but we know it will be compared to Brian Kelly for the test of time. And you know what? The ball is in Brian Kelly's court. Because Brian Kelly is getting paid $95 million to come in to a program and take it to new heights in year one. Billy Napier is coming in to build a program. They're building, it's going to be Billy's Palace, this oh. beautiful facility that's going down the street oh. from Weimar Hall. That's they're, another reason why we had to make a move this offseason. Oh, 100%. Had to. Billy, you have to take advantage of the new facility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, that is so huge for the direction of the this Taj program. The Taj Billy Mahal or the, whatever they're going to call it. But it's, it's Taj his, Napier? It's his palace. We'll, we'll think. He's going to get the. To build this program, and you know what? If he succeeds here, and I, I believe he will. I, I want to. I'm excited for him to get on campus to hear his press conference. I'll have a little more formulated opinions after that. But it, they're going to eat it for the rest of their life because this guy has been down the street for them for the past four years. Right. And now, uh, you know, another thing that um, ha- has been alluded to about uh, Scott Strickland's meeting with Billy was that he was so impressed with the list of assistant coaches that right, he laid out. Right, so let's right. talk D coordinator a little bit because obviously that has been a huge, huge point of contention among Gator fans and even Gator players, uh, you know, the last four years. I want Doug um, Belk. I, th- I think it's Doug Belk. Doug or... Belk and Jim Knowles are the two the names top, that have emerged. Now, yeah. I, I pulled up a few numbers on both of those guys. Belk took um, – sorry, Belk arrived on campus in 2019. At Houston. As the co-defensive coordinator. Okay. So the, the 2018 Houston had the 119th ranked defense in points allowed. Uh, the two years that he was there as Cody C, 
he, they moved up to, to 113 and then 80. And then he takes over this season as the uh, you know sole defensive coordinator for Houston, and they move up to 19th in points allowed and 6th in, in um, yards per game. Incredible. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. Third coaching. Do you remember the last coordinator we hired from Houston? Brian Johnson, that worked Brian out pretty Johnson well, didn't it? Fourth, fourth in in these some of the metrics that have frustrated us to the point where I've ripped hair out. Uh, third down defense, fourth sacks, mm. fourth mm. tackles for loss, uh, so no, no, no third and Belk here, and that's at Houston yeah. with talent that's not highly recruited. right. And the American Athletic Conference has some good offense. Yeah, good, still. exactly. SMU, Cincinnati. The one game I watched of his to to, to watch SMU. you know study a little bit was the SMU game, right? And that was the that was the most points they've given up all year, and they right. still pulled out a win. They, they got the, the defense made the they play made the stop when it counted. The the right, and that was exactly. the most points they gave yeah. up all year. Was I think it was thirty four. Right. Well, it was really a special teams return at the end of that game that ended up proving the difference. Right, and then Jim Knowles, um, they're third in yards per game this season. They're first in both third D, third down D and sacks. Um, but you know he's he's been the D, D coordinator there for four years now, and it's been more of a um, steady uphill battle for him. They were 97th in uh, points allowed his first season, 61st, 34th, and then 5th. And so, you know, for him, it's his fourth year, and it's been... Um, Which is why I slightly prefer Belk. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah I He's like, doing it with a group of seniors like this the year. the prospect that Belk is a young defensive coordinator just entering the prime of his career. You know, he was the cornerbacks coach at West Virginia under Dana Holgerson, so that's where his ties kind of come in. But mm-hmm. he has been linked to Billy Napier, and I think that would be a I'd home be run hire. hire. But the coordinator hire I really want to talk about, and it's something I've been seeing a lot of turmoil about Tommy Twitter, Herm. and I just lick my chops at it. Tom Herman Yeah, I don't know how much of that is real, home. but I, I would, Bring that would him be, home. Yeah, that'd be a grand slam. That because would, the one concern that you know I have with Napier is – how explosive are we going to be on offense, right? Because he is the primary play caller for ULL. They're not bad on offense. I think he does a lot with what they have. He's sort of designed the offense to mask some of the limitations that they have there with, you know, an undersized, uh, weaker-armed quarterback. They run the ball a lot. You know, he's got some linemen to the NFL, Robert Hunt. Tom Herman is also just Elijah Mitchell, but Tom Herman, such we would a be... good recruiter. He is no, exactly, one of the best recruiters exactly. in the country. He lives on the trail. You know, he helped put together that 2015 Ohio State national championship team. He helped put together. And he's a little f- bit of a, a douchebag, a slime oh, too. You know, like I, I want that. As we have learned this week, it is such a slimy industry, and part of why Napier was hired is because of his Southern hospitality, because he's a good guy, because he's a guy that's not going to embarrass the program, a guy that's going to present himself with respect, present their program with class and teach his players. Right, but up in the booth and out on the the trail, give me Tom Hunt. Yeah, exactly. You you need a little bit out of it. You don't need that as your CEO, but you need a little bit of that. Especially because, you know, Billy Napier has had success, obviously, being the head coach and calling the plays. And so, you know, if he says in his press conference that that's the plan, you know, Sure, like I'm gonna be with it, obviously, but I think I would be happiest and doing the most lying going into this season if Billy Napier is able to truly, you know, be a CEO and have a guy like Tom Herman, who's proven to be a great play caller, um, you know, calling the play. So we'll see. I think we'll probably know with him. It would also be so big weeks, to have right? a guy like Herman, who was a coach at a program like Texas, to be your assistant, yeah, head coach former head coach on the you. staff, exactly. I just that was huge, but. It's so funny because we hired Billy Napier on Sunday, and that was just the very bottom of the iceberg because that was the least. No one was even talking about it a couple hours later. One unraveled this week. 
it sort of got buried in the lead because the big lead of the week is that Brian Kelly? Is it Brian Martin, Kelly or is, is that the lead? lead? I, don't, I, don't I know. think that I think it's the lead person. I, I think it's the lead in Gainesville. They're both just so out of left field. I like did not see either of those. I didn't coming. see either of them coming. Of course, Brian Kelly I, leaving Notre Dame after twelve years to go to LSU, and then Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma after five years to go to USC. I think we should start with. Which one do you guys want well, to start with, Riley or Kelly? Let's Can I start I, with I a, watched briefly. You want to talk about Lincoln? Brian, watch, well, I brought, well, the first Kelly. Brian Kelly. Sure. I watched briefly his press conference today. And him talking about LSU, behind the LSU background, wearing an LSU shirt. I'm like, what What yeah. world is this? It yeah. makes no it sense. Is, it is cra- The if circumstances this, surrounding saw, Riley might have been crazier, this, but Kelly but is a weirder fit. So weird. And if you had, he was like, oh, I've never been to Louisiana. And I didn't even know what this L meant. And it was just like, if I had. If you know sh- context clues. Like, <laughs> if, you had sh- if you had sent me the clip or just a picture of Brian Kelly talking about LSU at that press conference as the new head coach of LSU. Literally five days ago, I would have said you are crazy. That is not real. I, 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 I mean, think about even two years ago when LSU won a national championship. It's 2021, two years removed from an, from a championship with, with Ed Ogeron. And now it's a whole new era with Brian Kelly. It is, I can't imagine Brian Kelly. My whole life has been Brian Kelly and Notre Dame. I can't imagine him anywhere else, let alone right here in the SEC. It is just like. Our whole life, yeah. I mean, most it, of our football watching lives. And I think he's maxed out pretty much what you can do there oh i agree and, and he knows that and he's ready for a change yeah. and it doesn't now from him I, I get where he's coming from a new you know new challenge new environment you know sec did maybe different resources right recruiting. give me some guys who couldn't qualify notre dame exactly you know, on my roster absolutely but it's just wild man it's crazy i think the, the funniest part of this for me is because my two favorite lasting uh Memories of Brian Kelly are, are interviews that he's had on the sideline. One of them was obviously the I want to execute my players thing from the FSU game this season. The other one was when I was 12 watching them play uh, Alabama in the national title game. And they just got mollywopped. And at halftime, they asked him, you know, what can you do in the second half to counter this, this you know, Nick Saban team? Like, wh- what can you do? And he said, well, maybe, maybe they just won't come out for the second half. <laughs> and now he's signing up to play him. Every year, year, and the expectation from the LSU fan base will be to beat them. So talk about an undertaking. This just seems like a hire that you either love it or you hate it. For me, I tend to teeter more towards the hate. My personal opinion on it is that I think this is a move of desperation from LSU. I think it's a move of desperation from boosters breathing down their necks, wanting a big name versus a guy like a Billy Napier or a Dave Aranda who could come in and build your program, who even Dave Aranda, who has familiarity with the program, and they just were to force Scott Woodward to make that big move that he's heralded for. Of course, you got Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. You got Kim Malarkey to come be the basketball coach at LSU. But I just, it's it's a weird fit. And look, I was watching Josh Pate last night, and he said, "It's a, yes, it's a weird fit because he hasn't had gumbo before, but he's a good football coach, he's a program builder, he's a proven winner, and this is a great place for him to do it. But we'll see. We'll see what he can do. The big games that he would fade away in at Notre Dame, he's going to have to play a lot more of those in the SEC. A lot more. Because guess what? Alabama-LSU regular season, that's considered a big game. And let's say you lose three of those in a row to start out your tenure or something. 
Because Rome isn't built in a day. They're not going to build LSU overnight. You got to play Auburn. You got to play Auburn. You got to play Texas. You got to play Florida every year. It's not even those, though. It's the fact that your easier games are Arkansas. For a coach who is known for folding in big games, I wouldn't be so sure that it's automatically going to carry over in a division that has the most big games in college football. Right, and Lehman makes a great point in saying that it's not just the big games. The small games at Notre Dame are the Wake Forest. Well, Wake Forest is good, but you know, whatever. Not Wake Forest. Mississippi State, Mississippi, Ar- Mississippi, well, you know, Arkansas. Ole Miss, right, well, that's why. That, that's really why I think he could flame out big time. Exactly. It, Arkansas is supposed to be one of your easier games. Arkansas is a ranked team, and that there is, it is just, it, it's going to be a big challenge. And coaching in the SEC, especially the SEC West, is always a big challenge. So it's going to be so interesting to see. What he brings from Notre Dame to to the southeast, it's it's just so fascinating to me. He's a good he's a good football coach. He's a good recruiter, and look, that sounds like all the good recipes to have a program builder. But sometimes, when you put the wrong puzzle piece in there, it really tends to screw things up. So he's been let's missing. Just, let's see. Yeah. You know, we're obviously all extremely biased, but yes, no, I, I think it's a pretty good. I would give it. I, I think it's like no, I, mean, I think it's an objectively plus. good hire, but in my opinion, I will die on this hill. I think it is a desperate move from LSU. We need some takes. I feel like you know, I, I'm, I, I'm pretty positive about it. I'm not, you know, I don't have a huge take either way. So I'm glad that you have a strong opinion about that one. Um, real quick, by the way, you guys, I saw uh, Spotify wrapped in the headlines today. Everyone posted the Spotify wrapped. She got a great text from a D Rappaport. Shout out to D. We're his top podcast of 2021. All right. Ronald, we made the Spotify wrapped. Thank you, Adi. Yeah, that's pretty um, cool. That means the world. But by the way, his dog, his dog is named Billy after Billy Donovan. So huge hire for wow, Billy Rappaport because wow. now, now he's going to be Billy Donovan Napier Rappaport. Oh, that's wonderful. So, that's amazing. Good for you, huge Billy. Huge hire but for Billy Rappaport. Yeah. Anyway. Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame. We'll get to that Notre Dame job in a second and talk all things Marcus Freeman because that is a big situation to monitor. But another hire I have a very strong opinion on is Lincoln Riley because I think Lincoln Riley to USC is the best college football hire I've ever seen in my lifetime. Ever. 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 Besides Urban, Feinbaum said this the other day, Besides Urban Meyer to Ohio State, this might be the best hire ever. ever. This ever. The, ever. I could you not, talk about fit you being, not being your a, issue oh with Kelly. Goodness. This could not be a this better is a match. You could not be write a better, fit. Perfect better fit. fit in storybooks. I mean, just, all the recruits are from Southern California. It's Everyone Oklahoma goes after is from Southern California. He is now going to put a cage around oh it and my, not let oh, any of them leave. Is and by the way, you know who this down. impacts the most? Oregon. If, if you're Mario Cristobal, Mario Cristobal to leave, get out, get out now. Get, get, out, now. get out now because leave guys like Justin Flo, guys like Kevin Thibodeau, guys like Noah Sewell who are from all California, they're all not coming California. anymore. Actually, I hope Mario stays, though, because I, I don't want him no, in. I don't, I don't want him recruiting South Florida. It seems like Miami's going to keep Why is Miami not finding Diaz? I think I didn't even make this a Miami-Manny conversation. but No, let's let it because that could be another big job opening make things even crazier. The Lincoln Riley hire is just too perfect. I honestly think Caleb might follow him there. I really, it it would it it really wouldn't surprise me. And then his top quarterback uh, commit twenty twenty three class Malachi Nelson from California. Oh, Relique Brown twenty twenty two running back from California. It's almost like he's been planning this. Oh, I'm gonna exactly. go out there and say he has so is, many you, all of the top I, commits at Oklahoma. Right? No, he are has from been California. plotting it's, this 
ever, if ever, like, for months. I've got, I've got a months. message board thing. For months. It's diabolical, and it's it almost. It really is, and he just, he handled it so well. The way that he, j- oh, my God, Lincoln, what a dog. Who's worse, Riley or Satan? That's on OU Insider 24-7. <laughs> I've been trying to decide over the last hour. I have five reasons why Riley is worse than Satan. One, Satan doesn't hide who he is. You know what you're getting. Satan is afraid of competition. Even though they're both damned to hell at this point, Satan is less whiny. Satan is more decisive, and Satan wouldn't live in California. Wow. Okay. I think That's he one way to spin it. He's also just like the devil, but all right. Uh, yeah. I saw one person trying to spin it, uh, you know, the whole income tax thing. Oh, my goodness. Like, I, I think Riley's glad to not be living I'm, in Oklahoma anymore. Yeah, he's in, he's I'm going to go out and say LA. I think that USC is going to win a national championship within the next five years, and they're They're going to lead. And I said this to Lehman yesterday. I don't know if I said it to you too, Big Will. The westward re-expansion of college football, the manifest destiny of college football, it's going back out west. The resurgence of the West Coast is led by USC. (laughs) You want to know why the Pac-12 has been so bad for the past however many years? Because they had a guy named Clay Helton who was an interim head coach at the helm at one of the best jobs, maybe the premier job in college football. We all let that fade away because Nick Saban has turned Alabama into the mecca of college football. It is, even though it already was with... Bear Bryant, but used USC be. used to be that. Right. As soon as they're gonna be 2005, it was that. And they're going to be that again. Best hire I've ever, ever seen. Ever. And it's just so perfect. The gonna, they should trail. open preseason top 10 next year. I don't care who's playing quarterback. Jackson Dart. Or That's whatever tough. recruit they know. get. Or even Top Caleb. 10? Dude, I, that roster is it, not great. I'm, I'm telling you, they have Give good receivers. They, yeah, still have I, I, Vons, I, they still have Tyler They still have Kyler Ford. Kyle Ford in a thin Pac-12. Oh, fair. One of the best 10 teams in America. Yeah. Absolutely I'll not. Sl- Could I'll they finish top 10 because their schedule's easy as shit? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, yeah well, I'll slap them 17th to start the year. That's what we'll fair. give them. Fair. But That's then, like no, the Miami's can, usual spot. But when they start 17. off 6-0, you know, it's okay. Now mm-hmm. they're going to be number 8, so it's... Whatever it is. I mean, they open against LSU in yeah, 2024. That's, a, that's exciting. That's a great hire. <laughs> Brian Kelly that's versus Brian Kelly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be fun. They, who would have thought? They no, 2024. 2024. Okay, yeah, that'll be awesome. Can but you yeah, imagine, they open against LSU. Can you, can you, who would have Lincoln Riley versus Brian you Kelly? You can't write it. College football is just amazing. College football is un- This is why we do this podcast. This is, but like this. I'm a, a cloud nine. It's this, a bender this, of college football. The hangover is nowhere in sight. No, the past week has been the most unfathomable Turn of events I've ever seen. And it's not in any over. Sport. And it's, it's not, not over, over because we still have Oklahoma and Notre Dame open. Open jobs, but it's like it's Conference insanity. championship weekend too. Don't forget it's that. It's insanity when you realize that last week it was like, oh, I'm looking at all these big jobs: Florida, LSU, USC open. They're all closed, and now it's Oklahoma and Notre Dame, and they're still open. It's like it's just five insane. of the ten best programs in college football will have new head coaches next season. It I don't think that's a stretch to ever, say. and that's never happened. Never, never happened, and maybe never will. It's, in Miami, I, who knows? Miami, Miami and Oregon too, exactly. both could have new coaches. Too, you know? And it's oh my god! What? But let's talk about those open vacancies right now. You guys want to start with Oklahoma? Oklahoma, of course, Lincoln Riley went to USC. A list of potential candidates are Brent Venables has had a ton of buzz about finally leaving Clemson for the right opportunity there at Oklahoma. Allegedly maybe bringing DJ Uangalele with him, but... Do you want him? (laughs) I was trying to say, yeah. But... Whatever freshman they have is probably Josh Heupel has been linked there. For whatever reason, Cliff Kingsbury has been linked there. And, of course, Bob Stoops coming out of retirement to be interim head coach for them. That's something to monitor, too. I mean, 
what if Bobby just has such a good time that he wants to stay? These message board people are ready to anoint Bob Stoops like the that, king that of Oklahoma. Something. Like, they love Bob Stoops. They also love Venables, though, and I love Venables, too, for them. I do, too. I think Venables is what You're going need. to the SEC, you need a guy like Brad Venables. Some toughness, yeah. Some I mean, toughness. Keep the recruiting class too. together. Keep recruiting, too. And people forget, Venables was there as the D coordinator for the whole Bob Stoops era. He's seen what it takes to win at OU. He had... Uh, Kevin Wilson as the OC there with him for the whole time. Maybe you give him a call to bring the gang back together. Who knows? That would also be That'd something be pretty to cool. monitor because if he yeah. leaves, what staff members would he take with him? Because they're arguably as much of Renable's staff members as they are Dabo's. Oh, from Clemson. I'm yeah. saying at Oklahoma, yeah, he, had, he had Kevin Clemson. Wilson. But yeah. I mean, yeah, Venables. Uh, that, that is a good point, too. There are all the defensive recruits Clemson gets, too. I mean, they're committing oh, yeah. to play for Venables, not yeah. Dabo. So right. that's oh, something yeah. to monitor for sure. Xavier Thomas, but he floated out. That yeah. would be so. Wow. I mean, is this the downfall of the ACC? I hope it's the downfall it really, of Clemson. I hate that. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Clemson. I mean, there were chinks in the armor shown this season, so oh, who knows? 100%. Maybe Venables going could be like, you know, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And I hope. But so. they have. Um, we'll see them. how Cade Klubnik is as as a quarterback. He might be able to turn. Around. I think he's pretty good. I think he's better than DJ. He's got a punchable Louis face. Ungle, but Cade he Klubnik. does. He does. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, do you do you want? I don't think Oklahoma wants DJ Uwe Ungerlai. He's going to sit behind Caleb Williams anyway. So Unless Caleb follows Lincoln to USC. But they have Jackson Dart, they Jackson which is just Dart, the perfect USC quarterback name. Yes, that is an elite Jackson name. Jackson Dart. Caleb Williams. Although Caleb Williams would Come start on. over him. Caleb Williams he is would, so he good. Would. And then they got Malachi Nelson coming a year later. So it's just unbelievable. College football is awesome. All right, so official predictions for the Oklahoma job. I'll go Venables, yeah. Venables, and I think it's the right hire. So I, agree. I, I think, think it's going to be yeah. Venables. I think it's I think perfect it's a perfect hire. It's a Venables no-brainer. Been, I don't know kind of like Billy, Venables has been patiently waiting for his opportunity. Right, no, I think it's a, it's a very really patiently. solid hire, very really patiently. good hire. Yeah. Really good hire, perfect hire to take in the SEC. Other opening is Notre Dame. They have yet to name an interim head coach, but they already said whoever is named interim head coach will not be named head coach permanently. So I wait, really? Yeah. They, 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 Why? Yeah. That's Why really weird because you weird. think it's Freeman weird. would be the yeah. no-brainer no, I, interim. I think Marcus Freeman should be the And he's a coach. candidate for I, sure. I don't for get the, the harm in naming no. Marcus Freeman your interim head coach. And your head then coach. Then potentially naming him your head coach because then you can keep the entire staff together. You can keep Tommy Reese. I think Marcus Freeman. Keep, I would, right, because Reese and Freeman have really been carrying a lot of the load for Kelly, so you don't want to lose. I think that would be the proper hire. You don't want to lose Reese. And You know, I don't want to make this too – I don't want to get all on my soapbox here, but – Having a black man as the head coach in Notre Dame would be something, wouldn't it? It's well, very it, significant. It, it, it is very significant. It would be, just be such a step in the right Well, direction. that and the players love yeah, him. Like the They've been on him. Twitter like very vocal about you I mean, know, why. I think they have they promoting. ever had a black head coach in Notre Dame? I, there's no, no way. No. They no. might have. There was... That's a good question. I feel like they did at some point before Charlie Wise. There's no way. I would be but either way, it, it was short-lived if they did. I think Marcus Freeman. Tyrone Willingham. That's wow. what I was thinking of. When? It didn't go well. So, I mean, like, I think Freeman would have the opportunity to be. Um, Just the energy you know, that Marcus Freeman has. There. 2002. Marcus Freeman is going to be a, a great head coach in college football soon. And I think maybe the one argument is that maybe it's a little too early, and I think they're a little worried that he's not quite ready. But I think that he still has the energy, and he already has everything set up for him at Notre Dame, that it can be a very easy transition for him. And I think that that, I think it makes the most sense. I think right, it makes the Notre most Dame sense. And I think maybe, but I don't think it's going to happen. I agree. Because I think they're too self-righteous 
to not go after a big name candidate. That's what I was going to say. Not a big name, just we're Notre Dame. We don't promote coordinators to we, that. Yeah, exactly, and I think that'll be the biggest mistake they make because then Marcus Freeman will either go fill Venable spot at Clemson or go to LSU and become the highest-paid coordinator in football. Come to Gainesville. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't no. see that happening. LSU, it would be LSU with Kelly because he already committed to play for Brian Kelly a year ago, so why not follow him down to the Bayou and make Two, two and a half million dollars a year. But yeah, uh, I think Fickle's obviously the other name that's going to pop up there. His I, team is probably playing for a playoff. Fickle's unless Doug Belk can, can uh, make that probably, not happen. probably like, said to him because Fickle's been such a boss throughout this entire thing, just turning down so many programs, waiting for the perfect opportunity. But I think there's like three schools that Fickle would make the jump to. And I think Notre Dame is one of them. I mean, exactly being why a Midwestern it, it, Catholic man of his stature, I mean, th- that has to be your dream job. I mean, I'm not sure your dream job. I'm sure Dame Ohio fan. State's your dream job, but I mean, to be a, the head coach at Notre Dame, I, I think this, he's probably saying to himself, like, son of a bitch or something, because this. He's a Catholic school guy from Columbus. I'm yeah, looking, I mean, like, I think this he is what had finally to, gets him. This, this is what gets him. I think he'll be the head coach at Notre Dame. But there's no shot he leaves Cincinnati. No, the I think game. he will coach the playoff, and I think they'll let him, because I think part of getting fickle might be negotiating to keep some staff members on to recruit well-fickle coaches for the playoff. And it might be a slow process. We might not find out about it for a while. And do you think Freeman stays and, and, and plays for Fickle in this scenario? That would be really but it would Freeman make sense. Co- Freeman's from Cincinnati. Cincinnati right, has a head coach he opening in this scenario. He was just the D.C. under Luke Fickle. What, two, were you last year? Right, last but year? I think in this scenario, since he probably makes a push to hire Freeman as the head coach. Craziness. Oh, so oh, much yeah, drama, be, so much intrigue. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, no, right. Fickle definitely grew up uh, bleeding blue and gold. Just looking at his background. Again, right. Catholic guy, Midwest. Had to be. It had to. This, right. I think, yeah. I think it makes sense. I, I would still – I think Mark Stroman is, is going to be – I mean, you know, who else has been vocal about Notre Dame being their dream job? No, don't say it. Nah. I have to say it's it. not gonna happen. Have to, it's not gonna happen. But I have to say, Urban. I mean, Urban. No, I think <laughs> that video just did everything. Shut it down. Yeah, everything yeah. but ice it. Yeah, no, he's he's not going to Notre Dame. He's staying in Jacksonville. He's no, but it wouldn't shortly. be a good podcast if we didn't mention it. Fair enough, but he's. In, I think he's not going to. I'm going to go with Fickle. You're going with Freeman. I no, I think I I would I think they're going to go for Fickle, but I think they should hire Freeman. I agree. I you put it perfectly. Hire Freeman. Keep Tommy Reese. Yes. But they won't do that. No. And then watch Freeman go, go to, to Cincinnati. Freeman go become the head coach of Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yes. Tommy Reese go to LSU and torture us. Yes. I don't know. I think I think Fickle is I think Fickle is who they should go after first. Just you never know with coordinators. I think Freeman could could be a huge success, but you've seen Fickle build a program before. You know that you know he's going to be very committed if you hire him. Like it's not a guy who's going to get up and leave. So I think Fickle should be their top choice. I don't know though. It's tough to say. Like. With the timing and everything. Pat Narduzzi is a name I've seen been floated around. Pat Nar- Notre Dame fan. He was, of course, the defensive coordinator at Notre they Dame. They would throw a damn fit if they fired if they hired Pat Narduzzi. <laughs> Narduzzi. Um, Campbell's another name. Yeah. Well, I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see it. I thought Washington might have been the place for him. but Yeah, he turned them down. Yeah. He turned them down. I don't Taylor know. DeBoer. Maybe he Campbell just. USC, right? Oh, he wanted USC. Nobody turned down Washington, too. They are. They definitely offered him. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying Campbell. He the last game for Iowa State. He was he thought it was probably his last game, and he I think he really thought he was going to USC. At least he wanted to go to USC. But yeah, it did seem that way. I think I think he's going to stick around now. Yeah. So and and there's a power vacuum in the Big Twelve. Might as well, especially if Fickle leaves Cincinnati. Right. Well, yeah. You you and Aranda could run the Big Twelve. We just did our best to navigate you through this 
insane coaching carousel the past however many days of college football have completely flipped the landscape, similar to the conference realignment shocking news that came out this summer. But, man, I love it. I can't get enough of it. This is the first of two episodes of Won't Back Down coming out this week. We will be doing our normal episode on Thursday tomorrow to talk about all the conference championships. We'll recap the FSU game a little more to talk about potentially what bowl game the Gators will be playing in. Oh, wow. And who knows? Maybe we'll even be doing something at the airport this Sunday when Billy Napier arrives into town. Who knows what we got in up our yeah. sleeves that won't back down. But what I do know is we got more content coming out to you. The season's over, but we're just getting started. We're going to have interviews. We're going to have all sorts of content that we're going to try and get out to you in the offseason. We love podcasting. We love college football, and we love you, our listeners, however many of there are you. I wish you all a happy holiday. I wish you all had a great Thanksgiving, and we're just going to keep coming at you every week. Jake or Big Will, you got anything else this to add? This is going to be the greatest offseason to be a Gator fan of all time. We are going to lie so much our optimism. asses off all offseason. Billy Ball. Billy Bags. Billy Ball. Billy Bags on the trail. Happy Hanukkah. Cruton. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you for listening to the Won't Back Down podcast with Will Levinson, Sam Patosa, and Jake Lehman, a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. 